No Monday Night Football, but there was a college football playoff and a couple of quarterbacks facing off in the natty that will be in the NFL next year. What do we think of them as NFL prospects and the AFC-NFC playoff pictures for Week 18 coming at you right now? NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere. You get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins or loses on that initial bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right. A little fun watching a college football playoff. The four-team attorney. And uh, next week we'll get... Michigan versus Washington in the national championship and maybe uh, maybe even a Pac-12 on the way out the door title, which would be fascinating and led by quarterback Michael Penix. And you got J.J. McCarthy on the other side. Uh, those were the two NFL quarterback prospects as far as this coming draft that were in this tournament in this uh, in this 14 playoff, Matt. And so all eyes were on them. And, you know, we can talk a little bit about the game, but I specifically want to talk about those two quarterbacks as well. And, mm-hmm. I kind of think of them and their projection as NFL prospects is kind of all over the board, but I've seen both those guys pop up in first round mock drafts. Yeah. And a couple of things. I mean, I don't claim to be a college football expert. I mean, it's always on here during the day on Saturdays during the season, but I'm rarely glued to any games, but I did watch these intently and do my best to keep up with the draft buzz and read and all those things. And Basically, once the Super Bowl ends, I'll dig in real heavy. So don't hold me to these uh, opinions. But I also thought watching these games, I don't know if any of these teams is awesome. You know, like there were four good teams out there. Usually you see a Georgia team that's got like six first-round picks on defense or a Bama team that's just loaded with too many receivers to even get on the field or whatever. And I don't see any of those powerhouses this year. Maybe Georgia is the best team in the nation and they're never going to get a chance to show it. I I don't know, but I don't think it's as strong at the top as it has been. That being said, I mean, two good games, entertaining games. I'm not taking anything away from Michigan or Washington. And of course, their national championship won't be tainted by that in any way. But the two quarterbacks watching Michigan, I don't know how much they trust them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, there was a couple games ago where they ran the ball like 23 times in a row. But that's their foundation. That's what they're good at. They have linemen galore. They have good backs. So I'm not holding that against him. But he's twitchy, gets the ball out quick. He's got a good arm. He moves around well. What I've seen of him, though, I don't love him from the pocket. I mean, it, it, he throws everything a little Colin Kaepernick-ish. I mean, just everything's a laser beam. There's not a lot of touch. There's not a lot of layering throws. Makes it hard on his receivers. So there's certainly ability there, but I don't know that he's a first-round player. Age is an interesting one here, and and we've encountered yeah. this the last few years because of the COVID season that didn't count, and we've had a lot of five, six-year 
players. And Penix is a six year guy. He's been around forever. Uh, I, I saw people talking about uh, how he was, you know, he, he was throwing his, he was playing college football before Mahomes was a good NFL player before. Yeah. Josh yeah. Allen was a good NFL player before, you know, the, at Indiana. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. At Indiana, a, along with his coach and moved over. So it's, you have to look at Penix as an NFL prospect. You have to look at it through a lens where he has an ability because of his experience with his coach and just his experience as a human being on this earth and playing a lot of college football and being older than everybody. You look at what he's able to do from a production standpoint through a lens of most guys who are first round NFL quarterback prospects don't have the luxury of being a veteran that he is on the college level versus the competition of guys he's playing against. So he has helped immensely by that, but it doesn't take away with how from how good he is and the physical attributes, which he has plenty of. It's, and you and I have been talking about that more and more, and a lot of that stems from Purdy, obviously. But like going back to Parcells, maybe that Bill Parcells guy knew a thing or two about having experienced quarterbacks and X amount of starts at that level. And you know, like even Kenny Pickett, who hasn't been nearly as good as Purdy, of course, when he came in the league, he was quote old. I'm like, I don't care. I mean, he can still give you 10 years. He can still give you 12 years. I want a mature guy coming in. I don't want Wilson going to the Jets and, you know, being a goof or whatever, you know. So um, I do think that's absolutely in his favor. He's also throwing to three NFL wide receivers, one of which I think has a really good chance to go in the top 10. Really well-designed offense. Great left tackle is going to get picked too. But, hey, you're in the national championship type games. Everybody has guys around them. I'm not saying that at all. Um, What I know about Pinnix is he's had several – knee surgeries, I think, to both knees. But over the last two full seasons, I don't think he's missed any time. But there's, I've been told that doctors will poke around his knee and he will get some red flags, you know, when yeah. the combine comes around. And I can't comment on that, but I've watched him and he's really good. And if you look at my Twitter timeline, it was, I don't know, third quarter or so. I just put out simply, Penix reminds me of Philip Rivers. And... To be honest, some people had a hard time deciphering that. I think because he's a lefty and their skin's not the same color. But yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, he's <laughs> well." It's like not all left-handed quarterbacks are the same. <laughs> he's not Steve Young, you yeah. know. He's not Ken Stabler, <laughs> you know. It's Michael Vick, you know. So he doesn't move well. He looks like he's had knee surgeries. He's clunky yeah. like Rivers. He throws the ball incredibly well. He has weird arm angles. He has a weird release. He can put it wherever he wants. He's tough as could be. He's a big-time leader. I think he has a lot of similarities to Phillip Rivers, and I mean that in all the positive ways. But he's not going to run around like Michael Vick out there. Top four pick, then? You comfortable there, like Rivers was? No. Uh, Well, I mean, from what I know of this draft, it's really, really strong at the top. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to crack the top three quarterbacks. But these things change very quickly. I mean, could the top – could he be – if his knee checks out, I, I I just know how the draft works. I don't yeah. know the players well enough, but I know how the draft works. If his knee gets a stamp of approval, could four quarterbacks and Harrison Jr. be the top five picks? And then we start talking about offensive tackles and things like that. Certainly could. How the world works. We've had seen a few drafts recently, yeah. 2021, 2023, that were, they were not far off of that idea. Um, yeah. Th- I have a feeling 
Penix is going to be the most all over the place. Cause so McCarthy kind of reminds me of as far as not, not as far as what exactly what kind of prospect he is, but just from a, from an evaluation standpoint, when Mac Jones was coming out, I was like, what are we talking about him for a, a, a top pick? Like people, the Niners traded up to three. It's like Mac Jones, number three, trading up for him. That doesn't pass the smell test to me. I thought he was Andy Dalton, high second round guy. That's kind of where I saw him. And I kind of think McCarthy's that sort of range of dude where maybe he gets drafted in the first round. Maybe somebody falls in love with him, but high second rounder. I kind of feel like that's the guy he is, the Andy Dalton class of a, of a prospect, not necessarily from a traits perspective and, you know, perfect. Yeah. You're not saying he's a game manager. Right. From, the way I look at him, I was like, I like him as a second round guy to see what you get here as an NFL prospect and an NFL quarterback. Um, Penix is going to be, I think, for me, more difficult because it's going to be all over the place. And I could see a team fall in love with him and he's a top 10 pick and he's the third quarterback off the board, maybe. And I'm there's going to be teams post draft who are like, oh, we had a third round grade on him. He's 26 years old and he had, had knee surgery. Like we, mm-hmm. we red flagged him. We're not going to touch a guy like that in the first round. So I have no clue where Penix is going to go, but he's been so awesome this year and he's fun to watch. And I actually really like that Philip Rivers comp. That's a really good one, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. I I guess uh, a lot of people wrote back going, no, now I see it. But uh, I mean, I just think that's his style and big time leader, tough as can be. So you mentioned um, Andy Dalton, you know, yeah. for, for McCarthy. And, and I get that. I think what you're saying is not style of play, just where they should go in the draft. You yes. know, like to reiterate, because I'm with you, I, I was going to say something like Will Levis. Like I had a lot of problems with Will Levis, but mm-hmm. as a second rounder, Okay, you know, I mean, maybe he has a higher ceiling, but okay, you know. Like, Levis went in the right spot. Right. Some people had right, him right, in right. the top five, but and that's not high good. Second round was the right spot for him, you know. Mm-hmm. But if, hey, you're the Raiders and you're picking 12, I might jump on Penix or move up to six to get him, or, you know what I mean? Like, if you're kind of in no man's land and don't really have an answer, mm-hmm. I, I could see crazier stuff for sure. Yeah, so I've got a lot of work to do. Usually I do a ton mm-hmm. of draft work sort of post-NFL season, January, especially February. I'm deep into it, watching a lot of tape, watching a lot of film on the actual draft prospects because my Saturdays cannot be filled with football because of how no. football my life is filled with, and uh, I wouldn't be married anymore if I uh, watched college <laughs> right. football every Saturday as well on top of it. So I'm a, I'm a post-season college football guy. College football is minor league football for me, and I get deep into the draft and, and watching the film there. So uh, more opinions for me to be – uh, uncovered here on all of the NFL draft prospects, including Penix and McCarthy, but uh, should be a fun national championship next week. Yeah, and just shaping up the way the draft is, though, really heavy offensive. It looks like there's two tackles, maybe three receivers, maybe now four quarterbacks, you know, yeah. that are all big-time prospects, like true blue chippers that you don't use that term very often, and including Washington's receiver, Rome. You know, he looked like a great player, too. Yep. All right, more draft coverage to come, of course, as we do here throughout the offseason, getting ready for that in April. But we got to talk NFL playoffs, not just college football playoffs here. We've got week 18 playoff scenarios, AFC, NFC next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. And right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose on that first $5 bet. The app is super easy to use. Love the website as well. I love building my own parlays. My favorite thing to do on FanDuel. There's live same game bets. Uh, find bets in the new Explore tab at FanDuel. And 
make a parlay in the parlay hub the best way to find all the popular parlays all the popular bets nfl college football playoffs futures bet uh, draft futures as well of course nba nhl and Major League Baseball's on the horizon as well. Tons of sports, everything you can imagine, motorsports, combat sports as well at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup and get an extra 150 to play with. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's start in the old AFC. And I know a lot of homework, Matt, on your Steelers, and, and we didn't really cover the Steelers post game on yesterday's episode, but uh, they're in the thick of this thing. And somehow Mike Tomlin has had not a losing record in every season that he's coached for the Steelers. And, yep. and there were points of this year was like, oh, this is the year McCarthy's going to get on the warm seat and he's going to be sub 500. And nope, the Steelers, uh, are right there. And uh, let's start there at the bottom of the AFC here. The Pittsburgh Steelers at nine and seven. They're at the Baltimore Ravens who are locked into the one seed already. One seeds in both conferences have been decided. So Lamar Jackson probably wrapped up the MVP as well. He'll be sitting on the sideline watching this one, which helps those Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously, because the Pittsburgh Steelers have a, a pretty good chance here to clinch a playoff berth. Of course, they need a win. Uh, and they need a lot of other things to happen as well, namely either a Bills loss, a Jaguars loss, a uh, Texans Colts loss is uh, the best way to get in for those Steelers. Yeah, there's a lot of pass, and they are, what, 9-7 and seven right now, despite some tough times and some hard watches over the year without question. Um, real quick, they played very, very well in Seattle. Uh, that's just two weeks in a row that the offense has clearly been the best it's been all year. Against two bad defenses, the Bengals and Seahawks defenses are less than impressive. But, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time with the Steelers, but I know a lot of fans are, you know, from my hometown here, that over these past two weeks, the Mason Rudolph era, they're third in offensive EPA. You, you know, like, they're – and Pickens is lighting the world on fire, and they're running the ball down people's throats. They're playing quite well, and it's not super fluky, but it's short, small area, you know, small sample size against bad defenses. Is um, it uh, yeah. a real quick question, just specifically on the Steelers here and how, and how they're playing? Is it Rudolph? Is it offensive coordinator? Uh, clearly, to me, being publicly and probably privately bashed, George Pickens can be as good as he wants to be. Yeah, yeah. He's motivated. He's a star, and and we're kind of seeing that the last few weeks, just moving differently on every play and. How do you get in his mind and get him motivated and, and have that maturity level step up? Because he could be like a dude dude instead of just a guy who's, you know, up and down throughout the his career that we've seen so far. So you mentioned it with Tomlin. I mean, there's only two streaks longer of, you know, uh, winning football. I mean, Belichick had one and Landry had one. But no one's done it to start their career. Like he's never had a losing season. As winning we know. season it's every year of Mike Tomlin. Every year. Yep. So it's 17 years in a row. Now, I'm curious, and I'd like our fans to chime in, especially after they lost to the Colts and were on a three-game losing streak. I mean, everyone downplays that. I'm so sick of hearing about that. When's the last time you won a playoff game? And it's been a while. Or, great, you're always hovering around 500, and somehow you get over it in a meaningless Week 18 game and blah, blah, blah. I'm like... I don't care what you say. You go 17 years in a row, you know a thing or two, and I have some Tomlin complaints too. But what I know best about him 
is he understands his team and he understands people and players. And this whole town, after Pickens wouldn't block for anyone and was whining and being a baby, oh, you got to sit him down. For Allen Robinson, you know, like you're, you try to win football games here, you know. <laughs> so what they do, they threw him the ball a lot, not yeah. sit him down. They did the opposite. And now he's happy as could be, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Propped him up instead of sitting him down. And, yeah. yeah, some need the carrot, some need the stick or whatever, but Tomlin knows who needs what. I mean, that's his greatest strength. So Steelers are in. If they win and the Bills lose or Steelers win, Jaguars lose or tie, Steelers win plus the Texans or Colts tie, uh, Steelers tie plus Jaguars loss. I mean, we're, getting, we're getting in the weeds there. We start talking yeah, about yeah. scenarios, but essentially Steelers win. They need either the Bills to lose, the Jaguars to lose, or the Texans, Colts. So they got like a 50% chance is what I understand. Because they're, they're going to play a depleted Ravens team. I'm sure Lamar won't play, Stanley, some of the older guys. But they're still going to be good in their building. And you know um, Harbaugh is going to do everything possible to keep the Steelers out. I mean, they truly hate each other. I mean, like that's that, – it's not going to be – they're not going to just roll over. There's no doubt about that. Um, last thing about Steelers. I don't know. I'll, I'll stop babbling. Rudolph's been by far their best quarterback this year. And I've always thought he was kind of dealt the short end of the stick a little bit because there was the year it was him and Duck Hodges, and everyone just kind of thought they were the same guy. Mm -hmm. They weren't, you know, and somehow Tomlin got a winning season out of that team. Like, one was good and one was awful. And then he gets hit on, hit on the head with Garrett by Garrett and called a racist and sat down. And then he got hurt again. Like, if you look at his career path, it's not nearly as bad as you think. Now I'm not saying they they don't they have their answer. They're you know he's he's going to be the next Bradshaw or Ben. I mean I'm not saying that at all. But Pickett looked like he was thinking too much and lost his confidence. And Trubisky just does puts the ball in harm's way and makes yeah. too many mistakes. Where Rudolph runs the plays, knows when to hold them. He'll dirt the ball if it's not there. Live to play another day. He plays like a professional. And they liked hard. They liked Rudolph enough to hang on to him through all this. Mm -hmm. He's been around for a while. So there's something yeah. they like about him. And uh, he, he's the, the guy right now, it looks like, for yeah. uh, for the Steelers. Okay, so we mentioned the Bills. The Bills-Dolphins is yeah. a big one in Week 18. So the Miami Dolphins at 11-5 and five against the 10-6 and six Buffalo Bills. Dolphins can win this one, clinch the AFC East with a Dolphins win. That's it. That's easy for the Dolphins. They win. They're in. They clinch the East. They're the two-seed. That's done. You go to the Buffalo Bills, and it could be a lot of scenarios. This is fascinating to me because the Bills could be in. They could be the two-seed. They could win the division. They could be out completely. Um, the Buffalo Bills clinch the AFC East title with a win over the Dolphins. So they are playing for the AFC East, those two teams in Week 18. That's a, a must-watch game. And Buffalo can also clinch a playoff berth, obviously, with that win. They can clinch a playoff berth with a tie. Bills can clinch a playoff berth with a Steelers loss or tie, a Jaguars loss or tie, or the Texans Colts tie. A lot of people are looking at this Texans Colts game, and if they tie, a lot of people are in. Right. That's a good one. Knowing um, the NFL, that's how it'll happen too. Like you know, something crazy like that. And then there's a number of scenarios where the Bills lose, uh, and it, it's uh, unlikely, but it is possible the Bills don't get in at all too. So you mm -hmm. could be the um, you could be the division winner or not in at all for the Buffalo Bills. So a wild week here to come in week 18 there. I'm seeing them with an 82% chance, and I think we all want to see them in the playoffs. They stumbled a lot, though, against the Patriots. I mean, they had a hard time moving the football. That Pats D is really good. 
I used to think that the Bills were pretty clearly the third best team in the league behind Baltimore one, San Francisco two. Now I don't know who number three is, but Miami's in a bad situation too. So kudos to the league for setting this game up that we'll all watch it Sunday night. Perfect. I mean, it means the most. But man, these teams aren't as dangerous as I thought they would be at, the, at this very minute. You know, a lot of injuries for Miami too. Can't see Chiefs. They they're the three seed. They can't do anything. That's it, yeah, an yeah. interesting one as well. So they're they're locked in there. Um, here's a good one though. Houston Texans at nine and seven at the Indianapolis Colts at nine and seven. So Houston clinches the AFC South division title with a win plus a Jaguars loss or tie. Uh, Houston clinches a playoff berth with a win, period. Texans win, they're in the playoffs. Or Texans and Colts tie, Jaguars loss, plus a Steelers loss or tie, and the Texans can still get in. So basically the Texans are playing a, a play-in game here to, to win. Yeah, pretty close. And yeah. you're in. And then if the Jaguars lose, then they're division champions. So for the Colts in that game against the Houston Texans, Colts clinch the AFC South division title if they beat the Texans, and Jaguars loss or tie. So similar situation there. Uh, the Colts tie this game and the Jaguars lose. They still win the division over the Jaguars and the, the Texans. Indianapolis Colts get a playoff berth clinch with the Colts win, obviously, uh, or if they tie and the Steelers loss. So uh, another good one. It, with that Bills... Dolphins game and the Texans Colts game uh, are fascinating ones. And of course the Jaguars have a lot to, to say with this as well with the Colts and, uh, and Texans, but uh, this is a, is a playoff game right now with the Texans and the Colts. Yeah. And I'm pulling these odds off the athletic. They do a nice job with some of their playoff stuff, but just in the South looks like a 68% chance for Jacksonville to get in about a 57% for Indy. And unfortunately, only a 43 for Houston, but it's not close to being unreasonable for the Texans. And exactly. I, think, I think we all want to see Stroud, you know, I do. Yeah. 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 I mean, people don't want to see the Steelers. I know that. But I mean, Stroud would be fun. All right. Next, let's get into some NFC playoff scenarios. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. How easy? Well, all you do is you pick two to six players and you're playing against the numbers. You're playing against those stat projections at prize picks. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and potentially sharks in the pool, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and win up to 25 times your money. Ten, turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks at prize picks. And prize picks does something no other DFS platforms do. They have a reboot policy. If one of your players gets injured. So, for example, for football and basketball games, if you have a player that exits the game in the first half because of an injury, doesn't return in the second half, that player is rebooted on prize picks. So play prize picks and use our promo code for an instant deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or download the app and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy NFC playoff scenarios here Matt and uh, as we know the one seeds are already sewn up in both conferences so we've got the Ravens and 49ers that will have a buy and uh, that 49ers buy and that 49ers clinch 
last week really helps them heal up, but it also plays a, a role against the uh, Los Angeles Rams here, Matt, because the Rams are a team that um, is playing the 49ers. And if the Los Angeles Rams, uh, the, 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 the Rams are going to win that game or if the Rams win that game, it doesn't really help anybody else that's battling against the Rams for seeding. Although the Rams have already clinched a playoff berth, you know, seven seed, six seed, it's going to be up for grabs there at nine and seven. So for the clinchers, obviously, Niners won the West, Niners won seed. Detroit Lions clinched the North already. They're in. Cowboys, Rams, Eagles, they're all in the playoffs. So we're playing for uh, only a couple spots here. It's who wins the South and it's who wins that last seed. And if they're the six or the seven seed with the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC. Those teams are. The Atlanta Falcons, 7-9, they are at the New Orleans Saints. Saints handled their business last week, Matt, and they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Falcons win, Buccaneers loss, and the Atlanta Falcons win the NFC South division title, which seems sort of unbelievable as they sit at 7-9 right now. First off, I'm glad the Rams are in. I meant to say that the other day. I mean, they're playing extremely well. I like where they're at for sure. And I'm kind of rooting for the Packers to be that last team in. Seattle struggling quite a bit, but they're kind of fun as well. That Tampa loss looms, but they still have some some power there, and I think that's who we want to see in the South, although the Saints have played okay. Um, Atlanta, to me, doesn't feel like a playoff team. The Vikes don't feel like a playoff team, but it's pretty interesting. I mean, there's still – the NFC shapes up a lot better, certainly, than I thought it would when the season started. You know, I mean, in the Eagles are the team that worries me. I, they're playing – Really poorly, to be honest with you. Yeah, the Eagles. Uh, and, and the Eagles is, is all about, are you going to be the five seed or going to be the two seed with the mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys? And that still is to be determined as well. So the Cowboys are playing at Washington and, you know, probably a pretty good chance the Dallas Cowboys win that game. But you never know. Dallas does clinch the NFC East with a win. Uh, if they tie and the Eagles tie, they're still in. If the Eagles lose, doesn't matter what the Cowboys do if they lose also then the Cowboys are going to be those NFC East champions. Um, and really that game with the whole tackle eligible with the Lions uh, screwed the Lions, obviously, out of potentially being, uh, you know, having that two seed locked up as well in the NFC. Yeah, I brushed that off when we talked about that. That was worse than I thought and a bigger deal than I thought because if Dallas and Detroit have to play again now, it's likely going to be in Dallas where they're much better than on the road. And yeah. frankly, the the – the refs just flat out screwed it up. I mean, that was a pretty egregious situation. So for the New Orleans Saints, obviously, it's the opposite of what it was for the Atlanta Falcons. Saints win, Bucks lose, then the Saints win the division. Saints tie, Bucks lose, Saints win the division. The Saints can get in the playoffs, though, with a win and a Seahawks loss or tie and a Packers loss or tie. So the Saints still need help from the Seahawks and uh, the Packers there to get okay. a uh, a berth if the Buccaneers win because if the Bucks win then they're they're in. So there's a, there's still a chance we have two South teams in, correct? Yes, yes. So that's Bucks the scenario of the Buccaneers. The only way it can happen is the Bucks win and they win the division, and so they're they they, they control their destiny there. Uh, and they're playing the the two and fourteen Carolina Panthers. So pretty good chance that happens. So if that does happen then the Saints have to win against Atlanta. They also need the Seahawks and the Packers to lose. Okay. Not insane, but yeah, it's possible. 
not impossible at all. And of course, Cowboys and Eagles are, are playing this out. If Cowboys win, they're the they're the division champs and they're the two seed. If the Philadelphia Eagles um win and the Cowboys lose, that's their scenario to winning the East. Okay. So I also like I've commended the NFL a lot lately of how they schedule things, how they present things to us. I'm not exactly sure why Steelers at Ravens gets the first standalone game on Saturday, except for it's a rivalry game and it's probably good for you know ratings. But Texans Colts on Saturday night is great. I mean, there's so much we'll know in the AFC at least after Saturday, which I think is yeah. fun. And then Sunday's like NFC Day, and then you <laughs> end with the Bills at Dolphins to you know end the season. I think that's um, phenomenal. That is well fun. done. It's yeah. funny because there's the, that tie scenario. There's going to be people out there rooting for the Texans-Colts tie, and it's probably going to be a close game. So it's going to be a yeah, yeah. one to watch for some fans that are rooting for that tie, even more so than the, the winner of the loss, I think. Um, the Green Bay Packers, here we go. The Packers win, and they uh, – I lost it now. Where did we go here? Um, I think they here. win and they're in. I just lost it too, actually. Yeah, here we go. Green Bay Packers. So eight and eight Green Bay Packers. They're playing a hot team in the Chicago Bears, by the way. And the Bears are trying yeah. to get out of the cellar. Can the, I think Chanton Fields name and I mean, right. like that's not an easy game. This game is in Chicago. Um, by the way, so the Bears are eliminated from the playoff contention. The Vikings still have a shot. We'll get to them next. The but I think Chicago can still play second in the division over I'm the pretty sure. Yeah. If the Bears beat the Packers, they'll both be. Yeah, they're both seven and nine. They'll both be eight and nine. The Packers are yeah, eight they're and both eight. Be eight nine, right? Yeah, and yeah. Vikings will be eight and nine at best. They could lose to Detroit and then not be eight and nine, uh, and then be seven and ten instead. So I think Chicago they can't make the playoffs, but they can finish second in the division. I think they can have that tiebreaker over the Packers, but I'm not. I'm not uh, positive there. But um, Packers right. win, they're going to be in the playoffs and and get that seven seed. Packers tie plus Seahawks loss or tie plus Saints loss or tie, and the Packers are still in. Um, they are also in with a Vikings loss or tie plus Seahawks loss plus Bucks loss, or Vikings loss plus Seahawks loss plus Saints loss, and the Packers can still get in even if they don't win. So there's a, a lot of help they need, but Packers win. Yeah. They're in. That's a big one. And so uh, Chicago Bears in Chicago have a chance to play spoiler there against those Packers. Part of me wishes when they lined these scenarios up, they just kept all the tie things out of it because it just makes my brain hurt. But <laughs> yeah, it really seems like Green Bay needs to win. You know, Ties are out of it for the Minnesota Vikings. Ties don't even help them. They need wins and losses. So the Minnesota Vikings only chance to get into the playoffs is seven and nine. They're at the Detroit Lions. Vikings have to win. Packers lose. Seahawks lose. And Bucks lose. Wow. Or if the Vikings win, Packers lose, Seahawks lose, and Saints lose. So one of those two scenarios. Okay. Yeah. They need three teams to lose and win to get in. So they are the longest shot of everybody to get in the playoffs. Yeah. And I've seen enough of them too. And so unlikely that any of that happens. It is possible, but very unlikely. Stranger things have happened. I mean, we've all had our favorite team or whatever, like need three things to happen and boom, it does. You know I mean? It's something weird will, but. I, I hope it doesn't include Minnesota with their quarterback situation. All right. Clear as mud. I hope that makes sense to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow we will do our mailbag episode. So if you still have questions on playoff seeding or looking ahead to week 18, NFL drafts, college football, NFL football, 
Whatever it is, hit us with those questions on Twitter at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, or in the YouTube comments. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.